0: Yeah. Hello there, and welcome once again to Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner's weekly sports podcast. After a double weekend in the Alliance leagues, there are no shortage of talking points with Cork, Dublin, and Tipperary making headlines for very different reasons. We'll kick off our show with the action in Nolan Park, where Kilkenny snapped their losing streak in the Alliance hurling league against Cork. The Irish Examiner's Michael Moynan was there, and we are delighted to welcome him. To the show, uh, Michael I uh, see the headline over Anthony Daly's column in the Irish Examiner today A Talk of crisis never lasts long on Cody's watch And I, I suppose the response that we all expected to see from Kilkenny was what we got
1: Yeah exactly I suppose it was a mini crisis Losing two on the spin and when you bring in the All-Ireland final last year They'd lost quite a few games by a fairly large margin I think what was disappointing for Kilkenny supporters and management Was the way they lost against Clare in particular that kind of famous work ethic and commitment wasn't in evidence and you know that obviously wasn't good enough and they were out to set down a marker earlier there were three points up within four minutes and uh, you could tell if you were wearing red it was going to be a long long day and it certainly was so who were the uh,
0: the main protagonists that had been missing uh, in the clear game that were to the fore in Northern Park
1: well Richie Hogan was banned the match and he was taken off so that'll tell you about a change in attitude Walter Walsh uh, hadn't been great up to now, but was very influential yesterday. And of course, TJ Reid, as usual, you know, classes permanent, etc. I suppose the one thing for counties watching on is that even though some of the newcomers, like Richie Lahey chipped in with a go- few good scores, you're still talking about the same guys over and over again. Reid and Hogan. Fenley was very good. Uh, Colin Fenley came back after a nose operation. So though that core of experience guys were enough, really, for Kilkenny to get over Cork. If you took them out, it probably would have been a more even contest, but you know, if you took them out, yeah. you wouldn't have Kilkenny. I,
0: is there a fear, though, that the production line is starting to slow in Kilkenny, do
1: you think? I think the production line is probably just a bit more realistic than it was. I mean, it's, it's now that you kind of appreciate just how mm. once-in-a-generation guys like JJ Delaney and Tommy Walsh and Henry Shefflin and all these guys, a lot of what Kilkenny have coming through are still very good players. And what's very noticeable is that usually they're 21-22 and they get their run... With the senior team. Uh, it's very unusual. I think Cha Fitzpatrick and JJ Laney are the only two guys that Brian Cody's ever brought onto the senior team straight from minor, so that'll tell you the quality. And they have that luxury of seasoning guys for a couple of years, even in terms of physical conditioning. Mm. It was very obvious yesterday that some of the quote unquote new Kenny guys looked about a stone heavier in terms of muscle than their Cork equivalents and because of that because of that and if, if the attitude gets right and obviously the culture is good and the commitment is usually at a very high pitch they're always very competitive but I mean it remains to be seen how some of these guys will go in high summer against really you know top top teams as Alex Ferguson would say
0: In terms though we'll say of that physical differential you know, that was something that was talked about last year in terms of Cork are Cork still way behind the, the, the league leader shall we say
1: they are, frankly. I mean you look at them, a guy like Mark Coleman, lovely hurler, but I mean was manhandled out over the sideline I on once stage by Colin Fenley, who probably has about ten years of senior intercounty physical conditioning in him. And I mean afterwards Pat Hartnett told us that someone like Luke Mead has played six games in nineteen days, and I think he's just twenty. So, you know, the difference the difference is stark. I mean Cork Cork has six year nineteen-year-olds in their twenty-five some of those guys are playing all those games, but they're not even playing them in the Fitzgibbon. They're playing them as freshers, which just shows you. And I mean, the, the question would have to be asked if that was in any, you know, of the top counties, Click any Tip. You know, those guys either wouldn't be playing or would be giving, getting 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there just to introduce them slowly. But, you know, they're being introduced in Cork as kind of load-bearing elements in the team. And, you know, that's not unfair. That's just the way it is. That's what Cork have. And I mean, you, you, the questions you would direct would be at the older members of the team: why they're not, why they're not dr- driving the thing on, uh, and leading these guys by example.
0: Okay, in terms though, we'll say of that of that younger talent, do you think that the Cork public are going to give them the time that they require, or is there just impatience building?
1: I think it's just a reality. I think people who go to matches in Cork. Uh, recognise that that's, that's what you know this is what it is to use that phrase you know there are no great kind of tranches of players hiding away in East Cork or in the city who aren't being used this is the quality that's available there isn't better and as Christy Ring said to Dr. Con all those years ago we'll have to stay with what we have until we find better I mean I think most people in Cork are realistic they're disappointed I think there's sometimes a bit of frustration with individual players that they don't feel you know are giving that kind of you know absolute savage commitment that you see from counties like Kilkenny. But overall, I think there's just a realism. This this is where it is. We all know the underage record. We all know how the clubs do when they get out of Cork and get into the Munster Senior Club Championship. So, you know, you, you see shells and you guess eggs, I suppose. OK,
0: realistically so, Michael, what is the the ambition for Kieran Kingston this year is it just that continuation of developing that young talent and uh, surviving in the championship for as long as they can
1: yeah I would say I would say it would be huge achievement for Cork to survive in Division 1A I'd say what you're probably looking at is a relegation playoff possibly against Dublin who, who seem to be in a similar situation even in terms of age profile but physically they seem a lot stronger in terms of the championship you're looking for a performance you know people can be as impatient as they want in Cork but you know if you go to games if you stand the Cork senior hurling team alongside any of the top three, four teams there's an imbalance because Cork are being forced to go with younger players who are not physically conditioned to the same level Straight so away there's an imbalance physically and the way hurling is gone there was a time you could have a little chubby guy or a small guy who could take the freeze but no, it's 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 a battle, and if you're physically deficient, and anyway, you're automatically on the back foot. That's not to say they couldn't catch a team, but if they if they win a championship game, looking at the way things are, it would be by catching a team by getting a couple of early goals or something like that, because physically, you know, they're playing catch up.
0: Uh, where would you rank them then overall? We'll say Tipperary, Kilkenny, one and two, Waterford, Galway.
1: Uh, I'd say tip at the top, Waterford, Kilkenny, Galway after that Dublin in themselves. Dublin yeah, Dublin. well, you know, if you were a Cork supporter you wouldn't be too optimistic about Cork and Limerick say um Clare. You would you would think despite the league when if they have the ballet guys back and they're all fit and healthy and focused, you know, I would put Clare maybe just ahead Cork, Limerick and, you know, a couple more. But I mean that's that's the reality of where it is. Um you know I don't I don't I don't think anyone who watches games in Cork would think any different, really.
0: And finally, this Monday morning, we've had that result in Olin Park. The footballers then as well up in Cusick Park. A uh, lot of soul-searching for, for Cork, J.
1: There is, but I mean, you know, every nader that Cork reaches, there's another one. I mean, this is the only county in Ireland which had 10,000 people marching on the streets. Nothing has changed. There's, there's a complete sense of apathy. Like, it's kind of, oh, well, that's just the way it is. You know... You, you can look at all the message boards you want and all the Twitter reaction you want, but I'd love to know how many Cork supporters were in Ennis now, for instance, yesterday. And I'm not I'm not blaming people for not travelling to Ennis. You know what I mean? That's something I would never do when you're paid to go to a match. I don't think you have the right then to criticise people. But, you know, there isn't the interest in trying to change anything in Cork. That has been playing for well over a decade. Nothing has changed, and... Even though, as you, I take your point about the soul searching among people. I think there's a huge level of, you know, this is the way, this is the way it is, and nothing can change and nothing will change. I think actually, cocker gone beyond apathy into acceptance.
0: Well, plenty of food for thought there from Michael Moynihan, and our thanks to Michael for joining us on the program. Now we'll take a look at uh, some of the other action from the weekend and uh, the Irish Examiner's GA correspondent John Fogarty has joined us from our uh, Dublin studio. John, uh, a line in your Tipperary match report which caught my eye this morning after their victory over Clare. Tipperary are playing like they still have plenty to prove. Um, <laughs> a very impressive scoreline, 28 points to 21 and uh, three games played, three unbeaten and... Uh, as we said last week
2: Tipperary following the Dublin footballers playbook yeah in the sense that they are producing the same results the same convincing results with different players like James Callanan wasn't there Bonner Maher wasn't there Darren Gleeson wasn't there clearly Mooney's getting a lot of t- a lot more time and goal for Tipperary this year um, a lot of the fringe players and I'm sure Michael Ryan would not like to call them fringe players but um they, they're they're really impressive at the moment Cullen. I always come back to like you know it's been well said and I'm sure Michael Ryan is well used to it at this stage but I come back to a a, a quote by Brendan Cummins gave to end the McAvoy of our own parish years ago and that was you know come January 1st the likes of Kilkenny and Cork stop being All Ireland champions when they have won the All Ireland the previous September but when it comes to Tipperary it's almost as if they uh, they milk it and they milk it too much and they take things for granted. But clearly, by using fringe players and fringe players who are clearly impressing at the moment, call them, um, you know, Michael Ryan is showing a nice bit of ruthlessness and there is a bit of squad rotation there. And yes, they have six points from six and they're 11 months unbeaten now.
0: One of those French players, John, is uh, Stephen O'Brien who uh, quit the football panel to concentrate on hurling. I- is it a decision that is... Walking out
2: for him, do you think? Yeah, on the basis of the last two games, like he scored two points against Watford and was decent there. wasn't so great in the Dublin game, starting off. But yesterday, very impressed with him. Uh, we made a couple of little errors here and there, but nothing. Like he was a, if you're if you're rating and him, he was a solid eight. Uh, you know, he he picked up a couple of early points, almost gold. After what eleven or twelve seconds of the game, um, and at six foot four, six foot five, he's a huge presence, and you know he lends himself. You can see why Michael Ryan likes him because he's big. He's a bit like James Kennedy, who wasn't so great now on Sunday, but you know he has that fo- football phys- physique to him, and he looked like a hurler yesterday. Whereas last year he was given a, a very small role in the quarter-final defeat to Claire and Ennis, and you know, he he struggled. But clearly, you know, Michael Ryan did say last summer that it, he was going to take time. Um, it was with 2017, 2018 in mind that he, he felt that O'Brien was going to start making an impact. And you can see it now. Like, he, he he's very impressive. Um, a great outlet uh, under the ball. But also the speed that he has as well. Um, very impressive. Um, and, and, and another option. This is the thing. Like, you can see Henry Shefflin on League Sunday last night saying that Tipperary have... Um, the same options as Dublin have in in um in football at the moment and you know okay nobody has the options that Dublin have just just now Kerry might in future but in terms of hurling nobody can compete with the depth of uh, of talent that Tipperary have at the moment
0: you viewed the Clare approach as very much a fact finding mission in simple stadium what do you mean by that
2: well, life without Tony Kelly, and Tony Kelly obviously will come back in after uh, Bellier's All Ireland final uh, Friday week. Um, but. Uh, they have to, they, and I have said this to a few weeks ago, that they have to learn to play without him and not rely so much on him as Galway would have in the past with Joe Canning. And you could see it yesterday. There was there was an onus on John Conlon and Podge Collins to come up with the scores, and certainly Ian Galvin was very impressive coming off the bench um, for Clare. It, it's a case of get, finding their team. I'd say the two guys, they know... I'd say they know about nine or ten other team. There's still about five spots up, up for grabs. Um, Aaron Shanahan wasn't so impressive. There, Mossy Hamill did a good job on him there uh, yesterday. Um, Shanahan is still only a young guy. He's uh, and he and he's such a talent. But um, you know they have the likes of hopefully um, Conor McGrath and, uh, and a couple of others to come in. Um, you know Pat Donald is making his way back from that cruciate injury, and he provides a lot of experience as well. So, you know. I, I don't think reaching a you know defending a, a league title is at the top of uh, Do, uh, Donald Maloney's or, or Jerry O'Connor's um, list of priorities at the moment. They want to find their team for the championship. And they've said it as mm. much. I don't think they're making excuses in that regard.
0: No, uh, we talked there about how the Ballet contingent has possibly dented the, the clear league challenge. Fair to say, John, that Kula's progression has actually been bad for the Dublin
2: senior hurlers in one way yes Cullum in one way no like um, I think Ger Cunningham knows the the spine of his team Owen O'Donnell um, as much as you know um, no, Stephen Bennett was on him for a time but Owen O'Donnell was excellent the other night Liam Rush was Liam Rush was very good up until the second half where Ozzie Gleeson seemed to rule the ro- roost when he moved to the half forward line but there's a the makings of a very good Dublin team there they look like they're Conditioned extremely well. Um, okay, it was a second defeat in Krupp Park and I still believe that they're going to finish up in the relegation playoff. But they, they're, they're, there's a bit about them, and, and again, much like you know, Claire without Tony Kelly, they're finding what they have to do without the likes of David Tracy, Keno Callahan, and, and guys like that. Um, they they're, they're certainly learning on their feet, and you know things mightn't be as bad as a lot of people were forecasting for them I certainly felt at the outset that they were going to struggle really bad but you know they put it up to Waterford for a hell of a long time there on Saturday evening and um they're going to learn a lot but I wonder if Jared Cunningham's going to be given the opportunity to to stick around and to see out this process because he's in his what he's in his hard year now and you know to to, as much as his hand was forced by Kula's, um lengthy progression in the All Ireland Club Championship, um, you know he he has taken the he has taken a, a knife to this panel, and you know as Derek McGrath said at the weekend, it was a brave call to to, to basically jettison so many of his experienced players. But there the, there's something working there for them on the basis of the last couple of games, anyway. But again, there's such a work in progress that. Can you, you know, to reach an All Ireland quarter final this year would probably be deemed as a success.
0: Okay, let's just jump down to Division One B. Some incredible scorelines there uh, at the weekend. John Galway three thirty one, Leash one eleven, and Wexford three eighteen to carries twelve points. It it just shows that there is a huge imbalance down in the second tier, isn't
2: there? There there absolutely is, Um, and you have to wonder about the fixtures as well here Cullum in the sense that did the CCCC in putting Galway and Limerick at the end did they fancy that it was going to come down to Galway and Limerick in the last day and that um, there wouldn't be dead rubbers up until that stage because at this moment in time you know, Wexford, okay, Kerry did, you know, they did struggle in the first half. Admittedly, there was condition excuses there, but, you know, Wexford were always going to be Kerry, and, you know, they're only two games away. They can afford to draw a game now, might even afford to lose a game, and still go up. Um, you know, it seems as if, it, it just seems like dead rubbers at the moment. Galway are just waiting for the test of Limerick in, in the last round. I don't think the, the fixture planners appreciated that Wexford were going to do as well as they did, and... As such, um, it's been quite a limp. Um, a, a limp few rounds uh, you know like Leash put nothing up for Galway Galway will learn nothing from that as I say they're just biding their time until they face Limerick and then they have a quarter final against Division 1 A opposition that's what they're looking to and Galway could well win this league mm. but at this moment in time they're, they're, they're on a hiding to nothing and beating teams so well like Leash. you know Limerick you know awfully did pull it up to them for a while you know lose, losing a player like they did didn't make things easy for Limerick but John Kiley he, he's demanding guys don't take the foot off the pedal and again Limerick will be looking forward to that game against galway but up until that final round and up until you know wexford are confirmed as uh, the division one B winners then you know it's 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 all rudimentary it's all elementary for for, for these teams because you know we talk about the, 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 there's almost a league in a league in itself in that division one B because you know and it does give reason to, to look and to possibly revise this league structures because Galway Limerick and Wexford are just a cut above the rest
0: and uh, th- hasn't that always been the case for the last couple of years of the 1b structure that we will say that there are those two or three teams that are you know it's like a formula one car they've they've zoomed off into the distance and everybody else is is still stuck on the grid
2: that's exactly it like awfully have upset Limerick in the past and you know awfully can do that from time to time like we saw how good Shane Dooley was at the weekend and when awfully as small as they are uh, as ignorant uh, as they have been of their own structures and their own underage structures and they they clearly didn't build on their success in the late 90s uh, they took a lot of things for granted but they're still a hurling county and they can still you know throw in their performance from time to time but it has absolutely, Colm. It, it's been that way for the last while, and you know I have I have mentioned the idea of, you know, incorporating these three teams into a bigger league. I, I I'm not talking about a ten team league. I'm talking about a, a an eight or a nine team because, at this moment of time, I I, I don't know how this is serving, serving hurling. In, Her, in Wexford, Galway or Limerick as much as we all know the good feel-good story that is there in Wexford at the moment after their performances against Limerick mm. and Galway.
0: Speaking of serving hurling, let's talk about serving football and some would wonder as well too about the imbalance in Crowe Park on Saturday night between Dublin and Mayo. So much expected of the game, the repeat of the All-Ireland final and the All-Ireland final replay and to be honest uh, 116 to 7 points that could have been a bigger, bigger margin for the dubs given the amount of opportunities they
2: missed. Yeah, very much so. Um Onagara could have had a couple of goals again, like David Clark. If it, were, if it wasn't for him this would have been a, a, an embarrassment for Mayo that's not to be said that it wasn't pathetic it was and you know there's a there's a few Mayo players that will have to have a serious look at themselves it's certainly not a, a season defining game nothing ever is re- usually in March and Mayo have shown before that they can they can recover from these uh, setbacks Cullen but it's it it, it doesn't bode well it doesn't bode well that you know Dublin had less of their all-Ireland final replay team starting um, three less I believe than Mayo and were still so so good Um, and Mayo you would have fancied that there might have been a kick towards the end of the first half from them there was nothing um, you know to go I know it was the 39th minute but including additional time to go over 40 minutes without a score from play for for their start, for their starting forwards for their forwards who came on not to score from play um it's it, it's it's simply not good enough and that listen hindsight is 2020 there were indications that Mayo were struggling going back as early as the as the as the Kerry game, where they were um, and the Monaghan game obviously. But in the first half of the Kerry game, where Kerry could have been out of sight, and if they had taken their opportunities, they would have been. And you know, the, Mayo were blessed a little bit in with the the injuries that uh, Ker, uh, that were inflicted on Kerry that night. It, it could have been a, you know, they could have been looking at for, for, with two points uh, and, uh, and from four from four matches. Um, like Mayo I would imagine there's going to be a reaction from them coming up against Cavan I believe next but you know there was so much for them so many incentives for them to beat Dublin there on Saturday and they were so lacking so lacking
0: Now you mentioned in your match report as well and I think it's just something we should come back to and maybe to explain to some people the fact that the Mayo squad are actually they they're divided um, during this time of the year that some of the team are training in Castlebar and another section are training in Dublin. Just to explain the logistics of that.
2: Yeah, it, it goes back. Um, it has been, I was speaking to Shane O'Shea about this last year and he said it always makes things very difficult for Mayo in the early part of the year that... Um, you know, a, a large uh, p- proportion of them are training away under the gui- uh, under the guidance of Tony McEntee, selector Tony McEntee, a, a former columnist of our own um, in, Cl- uh, well, it was Clondegale anyway, in Fonte- uh, Clondegale, Fontenoy, just in Sandy Mount there. And they had been training, um, you know, for, for the first part of the season anyway. The Dublin-based players train under him. Um, you know, Tony would report back to the likes of uh, Stephen Ratchford or Carson, would liaise with uh, Donnie Buckley as to what exactly is being done in training just to ensure that everything is simulated but it, it was it's only at weekends where they come together column. so you know not since James Horne really have Mayo put, made any sort of a, a decent stab at the league and I didn't fancy them to reach the final this year but at the same time nothing can really excuse what went on there at the weekend Um you know, come to the summertime. Yep, the players uh, in Dublin all travel back um, during the week to train. Um, but it, it was noticeable. Uh, I remember uh, traveling to Mayo there between the All Ireland final and the All Ireland final replay, and. The Dublin players, the Dublin-based players, basically, um, were were travelling again over to Mayo. So it, it, you know, it, it's it's all well and good for the city counties, like the likes of Dublin, where there aren't students outside the county you know I think the furthest a Dublin student uh, has been uh, um, a Dublin uh, player student uh, has been over the last while is Maynooth which is saying nothing really when it's in the greater Dublin area but for the likes of Mayo there's a lot of students up in the likes of Stephen Cohen uh, and what have you up in Dublin and then there's likes of Shame O'Shea who are working in Dublin so it creates those logistical uh, difficulties especially at this time of year and as I said it was one of the reasons I didn't fancy Mayo to be as cohesive as you would imagine most others would be the likes of Kerry um, and, and Dublin at this time of year.
0: Finally, uh, Kerry uh, back to winning ways up in Dr Hyde Park against Ross Common. But what what uh, caught my, after, my eye afterwards was uh, Kevin McStay's comments uh, hitting back at some um, statements by the former Roscommon manager, Gay Sheeran.
2: Yeah, um, what's the background? Lot people, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people smell blood there because since uh, the whole Fergie O'Donnell and Kevin McStay um, break last year um, and the loss of players you know th- things haven't been healthy there Desi Dolo was mentioning it on League Sunday not- last night as well that you know it- things aren't good there at the moment Common don't have the surprise element that they have last year uh, they're missing the likes of Niall Collins, Cahill Craig. You know, those are guys that no team could lose, really, apart from, from apart from the likes of Dublin. And they are struggling. And clearly, kicking a man when he's down, um, there were comments made about Kevin McStay and the fact that he's a Mayo man, as much as at this, at this moment in time, or like having lived so long in Roscommon as Kevin McStay has. He's an assimilated Roscommon Common man, you know. He has, he has entrenched himself in the county, and, you know, to to to, to question as Gay Sheeran did his um, his Ros, Commonness, if you want to put it like that, uh, is a little bit rich, um, McStay. Uh, you know, uh, and Lee McHale. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not. They haven't put themselves on the sideline to be, to you know, to be embarrassed and things like that. And not that Ross Common had been totally embarrassed or anything like that. But at this moment in time, you would think that themselves and Cavan Kevin looked the favourites to go down to the to division two. But Max Day was right to have his his bite back there, as much as um, you know the some of the criticisms, criticisms of the referee. Might be questioned, you know, like for you know what whatever happened to uh, Ross Common this week has certainly happened to Kerry in the Mayo game. When you look back on the retrospective decision to um, to ban the likes of uh, Dunica Walsh there, and you know the the, the charge that was levelled at Peter Crowley, although that was uh, that what that wasn't held up, but Dunica Walsh missed the, uh, one match ban, and you would imagine the CCCC if they're going to take that um, sort of attitude, they, they they sure as hell want to be um, consistent. in the the near future but um, McStay absolutely would have every right to to defend his uh, to defend his corner after what was said about him there during the week
0: and that's it for another edition of the Irish Examiner's paper talk podcast my thanks to our guests this week Michael Moynihan, and to John Fogarty and to Larry Ryan our producer now you can uh, keep in touch with us uh, each day just find us on irishexaminer.com forward slash paper talk you can listen to us on SoundCloud or you can subscribe on iTunes. Hopefully, we'll have your company again. We're back on next Monday, and uh, we look forward to reviewing another busy weekend of the Allianz Hurling League.